Welcome back to Stargate Weekly. I'm Stuart Hollis. And I'm Thad Haight. This week we're talking about Season 3, Episode 14, Foothold. Yeah, we just gotta dip our toes in the water and trying to, like, start out and get our start here with it. But, yeah, I think so. Took you a while to get there. It did. It originally aired on the 5th of November, 1999, and was written by... Remember, remember the 5th of November. It was written by Heather E. Ash, who uh, we've talked about her before. She was a writer and editor for multiple Season 3 episodes. Uh, It was directed by Andy Makita. This is the first of 29 SG-1 episodes that Makita will direct. Uh, He also directed 22 Atlantis episodes and 13 Universe episodes. He was an assistant director for many season one episodes of SG-1. He was a production manager for seasons two through five of SG-1, and a producer for seasons six six through ten of SG-1, four to five of Atlantis, and season one of Universe. And a partridge in a pear tree. (laughs) So Andy McKeita is a name we're going to see a lot in the future, is what I'm saying. Yes. Our synopsis from TV Guide. The team returns from an assignment only to find that fellow residents of the AGC seem to have changed (laughs) drastically. Well, it's right next to the S on the keyboard. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Since we never actually see, like, a symbol anywhere, like, part of me wonders, is this actually secretly a parallel universe episode? No, because it's referenced in a later episode. I know. I, 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 I... I, I I do know that, but it's like yeah. I wonder. <laughs> Little does SG One know, mysterious aliens have taken over. I'm sorry. Little does SG One know, mysterious aliens have taken control of Starkey Command, either impersonating the personnel. Teal'c and Major Carter notice and escape. While Teal'c tries to stop them, Carter reluctantly seeks the NID to help stop them. Yep. That's basically what happens. It's a little weird the way they say it. Teal can Major Carter notice and escape. <laughs> yeah. It's like everyone else is oblivious. No, that's not quite how it worked. Do we have any fun foreign languages this time? Or foreign language titles, I should say? Not that fun. The French and Hungarians call it invasion. The Spanish call it settlement. And the Czechs call it emergency situation. Those are all boring. Yeah. I was kind of hoping the French would be like invasion part one just to throw a curveball. And one final production sort uh, or semi-production note. Did you notice that Dion Johnson plays yep. another person who is pretending to be something else? Uh, in this case, since he's only credited as Alien, I don't know if he was ever. Oh, that's he, a good. He, like, he, point. He, he was just in the uh, like the Alien getup. Uh, okay, I mean, obviously, yeah, because he pays Stragoth two, and Stragoth the picture of Stragoth two on the wiki is an alien, is the alien. So yeah, maybe he never did. He plays what? He Stragoth. It's the name of the aliens. Since when? <laughs> Since the Stargate Weekly wiki decided it was. I uh, he was making up words again. These guys are okay, worse than Voyager. No, Dion Johnson, technically, Dion Johnson Johnstone yes. only yes. played it Get in there. the alien form. Okay, but obviously. that alien is the one that impersonated Daniel Jackson. Okay. So, so yes. So, in a way. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now I'm going to go to the wiki page for Stragoth. Please remain on the line as we value your call. Ah, it was an unpublished uh Stargate season three source book for the Stargate SG one role playing game that mentioned that called them Stragoth. 
Okay. Okay. So it's that's like semi-canon. Yeah, I mean that's certainly more canon than the last word or phrase that uh, the Stargate Wiki came up with, where they didn't even explain where it came from. Yeah, exactly. Yes, so you at least can offer an explanation. Like even if it was like, well, in an interview with Andy Makita, at some point he was like, "Yeah, I always thought it'd be cool if we called him the Strigoth." <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so yes, so our episode opens uh, with them coming back through the gate, and they are very wet. A little as bit. Jack keeps telling us. Hammond greets them as per usual. Yeah, Alien Hammond does not do a very good job of pretending to be Hammond. No, he almost never says people. And he he basically just stands there not making any... All he just... He's just like, go to the infirmary. He doesn't respond yeah. to anything they're saying. It's kind of weird. And clenches his fists a lot. Yeah. So... Off to the infirmary they go, but first they hand off their weapons to other people, which I don't know if I've ever really seen them do before, or maybe I just was paying more attention this time. Anyway, so off to the infirmary they go, where they're getting their, apparently, regular post-mission, not inoculations. No, I I wonder what they're, because it is apparently regular, because they don't find anything odd about it. Yeah. But I mean, I, like the inoculation would obviously come before the mission, and they probably just do like uh, like every three months you get a booster. But yeah, what is that? I don't know. But they don't actually inject them with it because when uh, Fraser injects Carter, the syringe is still full after. Yeah. So you're saying that Carter was acting mm. on their uh, on on their way to the infirmary. We do we do hear an announcement that you know everyone stand clear, hazardous material transport. And we find out that. There's been a tetrachloroethylene or tetrachloroethylene, which is a real thing. Yes, it is. It was uh, certainly back in 1999 uh, used heavily in um, degreasing and dry cleaning. Yes, it was in fact often referred to as dry cleaning fluid, which is a little weird if you think about that for a second. Yes, it was carcinogenic, but I didn't see anything about hallucination side effects i think they made up the hallucinatory side effects if they're gonna give us like an actual chemical (laughs) i feel like they could have found one that actually causes hallucinogens yes uh, hallucinations also how much degreasing are they doing in cheyenne mountain that they need so much tetrachloroethylene well they do dry cleaning there probably oh they probably do you're right they would have the base dry cleaner yeah so yes so we are in the infirmary Again, now, <laughs> we did a time warp thing. Us, you and me, not the yes. show. Evil Doc <laughs> Frazier. <laughs> Evil Doc Frazier is much better at being Doc Frazier. Oh, yeah, no, a ton better. So the whole team gets knocked out, and she's like, excellent, now we can begin. Mm. Hers is an evil laugh. And then we get the theme. After the theme, we focus on Teal, who's just waking up, and he looks through the conveniently open door. Yeah, and he sees aliens talking to Hammond and Fraser, and we learn about the plot to take over everybody, and that Teal'c and Carter are immune due to their goldness, the dominant parasitic species in the Alth galaxy. Yes. Do the aliens know how many people on are on Earth? Do they have the tech or the means? Do they have seven billion aliens? I mean, is their plan to kill everyone else? Or enslave them? Maybe. We don't get a whole lot of details about these aliens. Or maybe secretly rule. Maybe they'll be like the lizard people. 
Yeah, good call. I, I, I forgot about the idea of, you know, secret ruling. But we never see these aliens ever again. Correct. Once again, we get, like, this interesting other alien species that, you know, wants to start something, and never again. It's like, come on, guys. We see their devices again, but yes. Yes. So, Teal'c realizes they're about to come get him again. Siler comes around, so he, you know, plays asleep. Siler wheels him around, takes him to level 16, and then Teal'c promptly knocks out Siler very easily. Yeah. And then hides his unconscious body in, I don't know, some closet somewhere. And then heads straight to the armory, where he definitely does not pick up any intars because that would make sense. Yeah, I hadn't even thought of that. Especially because he does kill a real SGC airman later. Is, are we sure that was a real... There was real blood. Yeah, well, I don't know if he killed that guy. He may have just, like, hit him really hard. He kills the guy that shoots him. Yeah, and then he goes to the body, and you see the blood on his hands. No, no. You're remembering it out of order. He arms himself, then he rescues Carter. Yes, you're right. Leaving the bodies in the elevator, like a dummy. Yeah, that was dumb. Uh, he helps Carter escape because, since they left the bodies in the elevator, the alarm is raised. Oh, you're right. The guy that has the blood, he did only knock down, so they he may not be dead. Then, to cover Carter's escape, he jumps to two people, hits them very hard but we don't know for sure that he killed them. But he definitely doubles-added the guy who shot him, which kills. Yes. Now, that may have been a real human. We don't know. But it feels weird. Like, what orders could Evil Hammond have given the real humans who weren't in on the game yet? That would make them shoot to kill? Yeah. That's a good point. That was probably not a real human. But since he didn't, like, phase back to Alien, maybe that's just how the Zats do it? I don't know. Oh, that's a good point. But he definitely doubles at it, which definitely kills. Yeah. And he should have triples added all the bodies. Yes. Definitely should have. So, uh, speaking of Evil Hammond, mm -hmm. who we presume was the alien leader, mm -hmm. was played by Alex Zahara, who was in the Dead Zone. Ah, okay. The guy who finds the bodies that Teal'c and Carter stupidly left in the elevator mm -hmm. was... Colonel Brogan was the character. Okay. I'm only guessing this based on, like, his face matches the face of Richard Leacock on IMDb, who was also in the Dead Zone. Mmm. Anyone on Seven Days? Uh, not that I saw. That's a shame. Yeah. I mean, it, it's hard to get the double whammy. So, Teal knocks a couple of guys out, kills someone else, and then we cut to Carter, who is finally finished climbing the crazy ladder. Same ladder. It's interesting that she mentions that it's only to keep people out and not to keep people in. Or, I mean, it's only, yes. But there was no lock on that, so someone could have just come in. On the outside, anyway. There was no lock on the outside hatch. Uh, yeah, and they use this hatch all the time. To get into the SGC sometimes, yeah. Right, and to get out of the SGC. Why isn't there a guard posted? It's an excellent question. They used this hatch to get into the SGC in uh, the Black Hole episode. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, you know she she gets out. You know she she gets you know out of the hatch and everything, and then just slams it right back down because covert. Honestly, I thought she wasn't going to because she sort of like walks away from like takes a couple steps away from it, and I'm like, close the hatch. Don't let them know you were there. Yeah, no, she wanted to like get around to the other side of it to. I mean, I guess at that point, the handle on the hatch was easier to reach from yeah. the other side, but she could have, like, climbed on top of the big thing. Anyway. 
She shouldn't have slammed the hatch. But she still manages to do it. Yeah. And she calls Mayborn. Which, I mean, makes a certain degree of sense. It does. She knows he's definitely read in on the Stargate project. And she has reason to believe that he he probably hasn't been converted yet. Uh, right. So, it makes sense. This is, interestingly enough, the last episode uh, in which we see Mayborn as a semi-good guy working for the U.S. government. Uh, yeah, like a you know guy working for the U.S. government who just has different methods for achieving the same priorities. Correct, because we will see him one more time this season. Yes. But uh, some things go down in that episode. Uh, but before she can meet with Mayborn, we cut back to the SGC, where Teal'c is strapped down a lot. Yeah. And Bad Fraser and Bad Hammond try to convince Teal'c that he has been hallucinating. And, you know, they almost sell it. Yeah, the story isn't terrible. I actually have to give it to Mayborn a little bit later when he mentions that the idea of hallucinations from a chemical spill is more plausible than the alien takeover. Yes, but I feel like they should have like a clear like process to go through if some if like a high-ranking member of the SGC announces there's been a foothold. And I feel like communicating with SGC with other SGC personnel shouldn't be on that list. You'd think, yes. Like I feel like step one, meet with the person who raised the alarm. Step two, send in an armed force to neutralize, hopefully in a non-lethal way, perhaps with intars. They never use intars, except the time they use intars. I know they should use they should they should use intars just all the time. Yes, it should be yeah, all intar all the time. Yeah, like, just carry those in the field, why not? Well, they might not have a... Well, no, they should have a lot of Intars, actually. Never mind. Or they certainly have the ability to have a lot of Intars. So, we now cut back to Mayborn. He's just sitting in an outdoor cafe somewhere, and Carter strolls in. Mm-hmm. And they go through the whole conversation, and that is, yes, when Mayborn says that the hallucinations makes way more sense. And then, Daniel and Jack show up. Well. Well. <laughs> people that appear to be daniel and jack show up yes and they also come across as reasonably convincing they're not pushy they you know they're more convincing than mayborn mayborn's like we're gonna order you and they're like no nah, it's not an order well no except that that's entirely convincing for mayborn it is that was oh no it's convinced they're, they're show i suppose they're convincingly yeah they're convincing as who they're pretending to be is what i'm saying i feel like jack should have been slightly more fed up with mayborn to be to sell it but you know maybe a couple more for crying out louds yeah and like just a like not you know vocalized but obvious indication of his dislike for mayborn yeah sort of like how jack is towards mayborn at the end of the episode yeah basically yeah that probably would have sold it better also not phasing in and out of being jack on the plane would have helped sell it better too Yes, because, by the way, they do convince Carter, and they hop on a really nice plane. I don't know that they convince... They at least sow seeds of doubt with Carter. Yeah, uh, that's fair. But anyway, nice plane. Yeah, really nice plane. NRD apparently pays well. So, yes, you know, while they're all sort of chatting and everything, Jack gets a little wibbly-wobbly and looks like an alien for a minute. Even Mayborn notices. Carter grabs Mayborn's gun. There's a bit of a standoff for a minute. And then she kills Jack. And he turns into an alien. 
And Daniel plays it off as, what the hell is that? Right. Well, first Daniel's like, boy, what was that thing? <laughs> yeah. There was definitely like a pause there. He was like, what's my best course of action here? Yeah. <laughs> I'll also pretend to be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> Except it doesn't work. At, like, once the shooting happens, the cockpit door opens and Major Davis pokes his well, head Well, fake Major Davis. Which, yes, we then find out is fake Major Davis because he opens fire on them as well. Yeah. And they shoot and kill him. Yes. And that's where Daniel is protesting his innocence, but it's not working so well. Right. Carter removes the, the glowy thing under his shirt that allows him to pretend to be Daniel. Mm-hmm. And then she puts it on herself and it's like checking herself out in the mirror. And I noticed that when she transitioned back to being Carter, the, the hand placement wasn't quite right. Which made me kind of sad. So I'm wondering how these work. Are, do they actually, like, make them turn into the... Do they have physicality as the other person? Or is it just, like, some sort of holographic projection sort of thing? Oh, so you're saying, like, in the case of Carter, who's shorter than Daniel, if Correct. someone tried to, like, tap hollow Daniel on the forehead, would it go right through? Or in the case of the aliens that are larger than humans. Right. Is there, like, actual matter above above and around them that you can't see hmm. i had not thought about that let me think about this i don't think we ever get any confirmation when although when mayborn's choking daniel it like he's grabbing his neck and the aliens have much larger necks yeah so it must actually change their physical presence or the creators didn't think about this at all otherwise they could have had mayborn be like i'm trying to choke you but my hand doesn't seem to be touching your throat but i am choking you you must be an alien <laughs> yes i i think that we have to assume that it does more than just do a hollow emission because otherwise yes that would be like a dead giveaway for this technology and i'm sure yeah. that you know th you know th this is no chance that this is like prototype te technology for these aliens this is something they've been using for like on the regular for a really long time i have to assume yes you know, to the point that they probably also, like, you know, like the thought connection technology probably came after the hollow technology. I would imagine. Cause yeah, because I'm sure they're like, look at this cool thing. Now we can, like, pretend to be our enemies. Like, hey, that's great. And then they're like, what if we could also think like our enemies? Yeah, because it wouldn't make sense to have that first. The think like the enemies thing? Yeah. No, not really. Uh, I mean, other than maybe as, like, an interrogation tool. Yeah, but, yeah, I imagine the projection or not projection but the transformation thing happened first yes cool we solved it yeah cool yeah the hollow the hollow transformer came before the chicken yeah except it's not a hollow transformer right no it's an egg nice <laughs> it's egg-esque so carter decides that she's going to disguise herself as daniel and then sneak back into the base yeah oh we had missed something yes before they were on the plane Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they're, they're still talking to Teal and trying to be like, no, 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 everything, you know, it's just a hallucination thing, but we got to know where Carter is to help her out. And then Hammond gets a phone call and he's like, yes, 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 you have her? Excellent. Hangs up. It's like, good. Now we can begin. Yeah. Evil Frazier suddenly becomes super evil. We can begin experimenting immediately. Yeah. <laughs> and then... When Jack dies, on when fake Jack dies on the plane, real Jack wakes up in the SGC. Why do they hang them from the ceiling? I was wondering. Like, the rest of the get-up, I'm 
100% on board with. Yeah, it's the alien stuff. Yeah, you know, but why are they hanging from the ceiling? I have no idea. It's very strange. Yes, so Jack wakes up and he tries to get his bearings and a bunch of other people also hanging up around him, including Hammond, who he tries to wake up to no avail. And then Major Davis also wakes up because he was killed. Yes. They, you know, do a meet and greet sort of thing. And then evil Frazier comes into the room with another person to be, well, hung up. Mm. And they go through like a weird alien, like brain downloady Christmas tree binding machine. Yeah. But then just like winches the guy up to the ceiling along with everyone else. It reminds me a bit of a Quiznos oven. Boy, I haven't been at a Quiznos in like 10 years. Are they still around? I honest to God have no idea. Because the one in this area closed a long time ago. Yes, Quiznos still has a website. Well, hey, if there's still one Blockbuster left. Yeah, it's in uh, Oregon. But, oh, yeah, yeah, there are still Quiznos. The closest Quiznos to me is 35 miles away. Hey, that's not that far. If you ever have, like, a hankering. Yeah, but I'm not sure that I, like, have ever had such a craving for Quiznos that I wanted to drive 35 miles. Uh, yeah, and, you know, if, you, like, if you're in the mood for, like, a, a hot sub like that, you can just go to Firehouse instead, which has become insanely popular. I have never been to a Firehouse. They make sandwiches. I assumed as much. Is there one of those near here? So, after this latest person gets hung from the ceiling and all the evil people leave the room... Davis and, and Jack stop pretending to be knocked out and start trying to figure out how to get free. Mm-hmm. Jack pulls a thing, drops to the ground. Davis is still struggling. He's like, no, you got to be careful. You got to... No, no, you found it. <laughs> <laughs> so after they uh, got themselves free of their things uh-huh. and were kind of getting their bearings and everything, uh, Dr. F- uh, Jack pulls over like a big stepladder thing that i don't know why is in the room but whatever because it's like a closet i guess it's like a storage room i guess it's a big storage room yeah well what else is it for? with really tall ceilings <laughs> uh i have no idea it's just for this i guess <laughs> it was in the show that's fair uh he he pulls the the, the forehead thing off uh, old doc frazier makes a loud noise yes so he's like let me put this back and uh, fake Doc Frazier notices that she suddenly can't hear old Doc Frazier's thoughts. So she comes back. Yes. Jack is seemingly expecting this, or expecting someone to show up at least, an alarm sounded. Yeah. And he promptly knocks her out. You know, one punch Jack. Yeah. And then is very trepidatious about looking for the the transmitter or whatever we want to call the thing under her shirt. The hollow transformer. Yes, except it's not... Com- but anyway. Yeah. Hold on. What does the Stargate Wiki call them? The Mimetic Imaging Device. I can get behind that. Yeah. That works. The, yeah. The mid. Nice. I know. So, yes. So, he finds the mid, removes it, she turns into an alien. So, the other piece is the Mimetic Thought Processor. Uh, it doesn't... I mean, obviously, you can acronize that, but you can't... Uh... I don't really like the sound of mid either. I, I maybe MID sure, but mid is meh. Anyway, so before removing the thing, he he frisked fake Fraser and found her her sidearm. Yeah. So now Jack is armed, which is good because there's aliens afoot. Mm. In the hold. 
Nice. And then speaking of things that happen. Yes, we were. <laughs> That's what this whole... Okay, we've been doing the, the this show and the other one for something like maybe about 100 episodes all in. All of them are about explaining what's about explaining what's happening. Yeah. I was gonna have a better segue but then I realized there wasn't one. So no, that's what that's happened. fine. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So, so what happens. Yes, things happen. And in this case, Carter using a memetic imaging device as Daniel comes in. So Daniel Nay Carter? Ooh, nice. Thank you. Samuel? No, that doesn't work at all. We're not doing that. I'm not. No, no, we're not. Denantha? I don't ship them. Uh, no, I don't ship them. No, I don't ship them either. Ugh. That yeah. does not work. No, no, that's that's too weird. Yes. And Jack is immediately suspicious because he knows that Daniel's hanging around here. Yes. And they do, you know, the usual Stargate thing whenever they think someone else is an imposter where they're just like, are you you? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes yes they do and they're basically always right so clearly it works whatever it is they're doing but yeah well jack may have taken an inventory of who was suspended from the ceiling in the room and knew that sam wasn't there oh good call you know that works so now sam reveals the important information that there's the tone that yes can make the aliens look like aliens I was wondering in this scene, could someone wear two mimetic imaging devices atop each other? I think the tone would affect both of them, though. No, no, no that's fine. Oh, you mean because... What if it was an alien pretending to be Sam, pretending to be Daniel? Eh. It's just mimetic imaging devices all the way down. Or could they hit a button and make the mimetic imaging device make them look like someone else? So, like, you sleight of hand to make it look like you took it off, but you actually just hit a button on it. Yeah. Think of all the exciting things that Area 51 is going to get up to with these mimetic images. Actually, devices. they never figure out how to make them show anything other than what they were originally programmed to do. Man, that's like the communication stones. Yes. Boring humans not being able to reverse engineer the crazy alien tech. Those communication stones ended up being really useful, though. Oh, no, super great. <laughs> Without them, like Stark Universe wouldn't happen. Would have happened. Would have lasted like an episode. <laughs> yes, they all die. Oh well, never to be heard from again. Yeah. So Sam then heads off to her lab, still as Daniel, because it's more covert. Mm-hmm. Allows her to actually just walk through the hallways. Right, because Daniel is one of the aliens, as far as the aliens know. Exactly. But somehow Hammond is clued in on this. Maybe he heard noises maybe i don't know yes so she's in her lab trying to figure out like what tone exactly works for her purposes she finds it and then moves over so she can actually plug it into the pa system and that's when hammond shows up and that's when evil hammond shows up so she presses the button he turns into evil alien and attacks her and she thankfully manages to get him to well no he retreats because he's called for on the pa apparently it was something really important because he just left sam alone in the room meanwhile jack is off to go spring teal'c he's here for the bald prisoner and yeah and they get guns from the locker Mm -hmm. and jack teal'c and davis are off yeah trying to help take back the base because mayborn's infantry are coming in 
I did like the uh, the exchange in the in the room where where Tilk was being held, and it was like we need to interrogate the prisoner. It's like you know I I won't speak. Oh, but you will. I also liked. Um, this is cutting back a little bit when Sam first meets up with Jack and she's explaining what happened and she says, "I called Mayborn," and Jack is Jack says willingly. Yeah. <laughs> That was good too. So yes, at this point, uh, Mayborn and his, you know, his posse. His, yeah, you've been playing a lot of Red Dead Redemption. I have. You know, they they roll in to try to lock down the base and everything. Sam has hit the button, so all the aliens have turned back into aliens, and they're like, "Well, the jig is up. Guess it's time for us to escape." But then they, Sam and team, managed to make it to the gate room and shut down the Stargate. Yes, and. Just to, you know, just as they're doing that, that's when Mayborn's team bursts in. They're like, everybody with their hands up. <laughs> yes. And then the aliens, well, the former Hammond alien twists a thing on his on his uh, mimetic imaging device that starts beeping, and Jack knows what what that means. So he hits eventually. the button to yes, eventually he hits the button to lower the blast shields, and there's a big explosion. And the blast shields close eventually. Yeah, the blast shields. The, you ever notice the explosions? pretty much always happen before the blast shield is finished closing i mean i'm sure that's like a thing in hollywood or vancouver wood where they're like <laughs> listen we can't just have the blast shields be conveniently closed right on time for the explosion or something we gotta like the audience needs to see that they that our heroes just barely averted disaster hmm. by having the explosion like still break the glass or something like you know before the blast shield can close or in this instance have a really crazy bright flash Yes. I'm more confused as to how this thing that's like, I don't know, the size of like a silver dollar or something, maybe a little bit bigger, but you get the idea. They could like blow up everyone in the gate room. It may be a transmitter that sends a command to good call explosives on their body. Well, wait, what about the two aliens that were in the control room that got knocked out by Sam and Jack when they got into the control room? Surely they also would have... But they must not have. Hmm. It's an interesting thing, yeah. I'm sticking with my single, impossibly small, impossibly large explosion. Hmm, okay. Impossibly small device that gives an impossibly large explosion. Okay, well, maybe Hammond himself was the only explodable one. Yeah. But it wasn't necessarily that device that was the explosive. There may have been some other explosive on him, or maybe he himself was explosive. Rad. Right. Yeah, that's like in uh, Atlantis on Sunday with the explosive tumors. Yes. That was less rad. It was less rad. Anyway. Well, it was a kind of radiation that caused it in the first place, so it was kind of rad. But how many rad? I don't know. All the rad. Anyway, so, <laughs> big explosion, things and stuff. Uh, we're back in the, you know, now everyone's back to normal and we're in the briefing room. Hammond says we blocked out that address in the dialing computer. Does that prevent the address from dialing in as well? No. Okay. So it just means that they'll never accidentally go to that planet. Right. But that's something. <laughs> yeah. They do that for a few things. Yeah. No, I know. Jack gives some grudging respect to to Mayborn. Very grudgy. Yes. Yes. But still. Mm-hmm. All in all. I love this episode. I do, too. Oh, by the way, Mayborn does reveal that the fake Jackson uh, has now died, 
presumably they all died when the Hammond died. And like uh, up until they had said that the other ones had also died, I was like, is Mayborn lying? Mm. I bet Mayborn's lying. Mayborn could be <laughs> lying. Yeah. He's <laughs> Yeah. But then they were like, all the rest of them have died too. I'm like, okay, he's probably not lying. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I love this episode too. It's one of my favorites. And it is also one of many episodes where the SGC is compromised. Oh yeah. Uh, but this is also like one of the few times where the SGC gets compromised and we get like a callback to it later. Yes. Uh, I mean, other than instances with like replicators, because obviously the replicators keep showing up, but yeah, no smoke and mirrors uses the, uh, mimetic imaging devices quite a bit yes i like that episode too mm-hmm. all right so on that note how much of this episode did you remember Stuart? all of it i yes, mean like same. maybe not like every word everyone spoke and i completely forgot about the tetra chlorethylene i remember the chemical spill i did not remember the name of the chemical i think i forgot the chemical spill altogether um but like just the name foothold i'm like oh this episode yeah yeah i love this episode it's pretty great that said it is i don't we'll we'll see for sure when we get to shades of gray but i don't think this is my favorite mayborn episode of the season i haven't seen shades of gray in really long time so i can't say for sure yeah that wraps up this episode it does wrap it up for this week but i'm sure we'll come up with some pretense to watch more stargate next week nice which is conveniently also next week's title we do all these bad jokes for you, the mm. listener. We do. Not for us at all. It's, 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 it's a trial for us, but we know that you appreciate it, so we do it. In the meantime, uh, thanks for listening this week. If you enjoyed this, you should also check out our other podcast, Delta Flyer. You can find and review both on your podcast player of choice, and you can also reach us at our email address, stargateweekly at gmail.com. I'm at Gamicus on Twitter. And I'm at Tyrannicus. And you can follow the show on Twitter at Stargate Weekly. And that's our show. Yeah.